0: Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Busy show. I was out at the TBT last night at Freedom Hall. I want to talk some about that. I know it's not IU related, but it was a lot of fun. And the bottom line is Indiana, Kentucky, I don't care who else, local college programs, they've got to get alumni teams in that event it was an outstanding crowd some great basketball the good news is it continues through the week at freedom hall and then of course the winner of the louisville regional moves on to dayton where they'll play uh, if they continue to win for one million dollars but we'll talk about that Uh, also some local news bishop ledson of floyd central Made it official. He has signed with the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll talk more about that today. Some recruiting updates and more all coming your way here. In this opening segment, let's look at the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. In addition to those headlines, we'll be joined in just a bit by Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer for the Star, but when he joins us, we talk a lot of uh, college hoops, IU, recruiting, and more. And so we'll touch on that today with Dustin. Later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. He is always a guest On Wednesdays, as we talk local sports, high school football just around the corner, the New Albany boys' basketball coaching job, at least as of this hour, is still open. There's been no announcement on who the next head coach will be, and school begins really soon. In fact, I believe school began today for greater Clark County schools, which is Jeffersonville and New Washington and Charlestown. Uh, So we're getting back into the school season, and that means that fall sports and football Uh, are just around the corner. So we'll discuss some of that stuff with Josh when he's with us later today. That's the lineup, A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And before we get into our headlines today, the Thornton's text line is open, that number 502 414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Send me a text. It can be really about anything. Uh, IU, basketball, football. Don't forget Big Ten Football Media Days begins today as well. So a lot of college football stuff coming out over the next few days. And Indiana, Coach Allen, they will be on the podium Thursday uh, at Lucas Oil in Indianapolis. But you can send me a text about anything you want to talk about. Any comments you got, questions you got for our guests, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and send me a message on the Thornton's text line. Let's get into some of these headlines of the day. First and foremost, Indiana football. I mentioned this yesterday, but I want to put this out there again today. Uh, The preseason Big Ten football media poll came out earlier in the week just in advance of Big Ten media days. In the Big Ten East Division, Indiana last place. Seven of seven teams in the Big Ten East, which is really good, really talented. Michigan, number one. They're expected to be a really good team on a national level this year. Ohio State, who was picked second in Big Ten East. Penn State, third in the Big Ten East. Maryland, Michigan State. Rutgers, just ahead of Indiana. Uh, Big Ten West, Wisconsin, the first place, or I should say the top team, according to the media, heading into the season in Big Ten West. Iowa, right behind them, and Minnesota, Got a lot of votes uh, as third in third place as well. And then Purdue, I saw they are six in uh, the Big Ten West. Big Ten championship game predictions from the same voters in this preseason Big Ten media poll Michigan over Wisconsin. 15 different riders picked that game. And with Michigan winning, 11 picked Michigan beating Iowa. In the championship game. One rider picked Michigan over Minnesota in the championship game. Four riders picked Ohio State winning over Iowa. Four more picked Ohio State winning over Wisconsin. One picked Penn State over Iowa. And one uh, writer picked Penn State over Wisconsin. I think it's always interesting to look at that stuff. I love Big Ten football. Um, I'm not a big Ohio State fan, but I enjoyed the Big Ten East. I enjoy the Big Ten Conference. I'll watch a Big Ten game, really, over any other college football game that might be on. So if there's a saving grace, if you're like me, I don't know that Indiana's going to be great this year. There's still a lot of unknown. Maybe they'll surprise us. Who knows? I think we'll learn a little bit more this week with Big Ten Media Days about IU standing in the big 10 but at least the conference i think should be pretty solid as normal the big 10 always i think one of the better conferences in college football so recruiting notes to mention today boogie fland uh, this is basketball stuff boogie fland class of 2024 Stepanak, uh archbishop Step- Stepanak program in new york uh, he has set some official visits now he's already been to indiana north carolina and michigan uh, on official visits. He's been to Connecticut and St. John's on unofficial visits, but he now has set three more official visits Kentucky coming up in early September, Alabama in mid September, and Maryland, Big Ten Maryland, in late September, early October. So uh, Boogie uh, is a key guy out there and would be a humongous get for IU. But uh, they're going to be against some really tough competition. Kentucky, Alabama, Maryland, North Carolina, Michigan, Connecticut, St. John's. That is a who's who right now of college basketball as far as some of the top teams, some of the best coaches, some of the freshest programs like St. John's under Rick Pitino that are making some big moves. Obviously, Connecticut is red hot as well under Coach Hurley. But uh, definitely someone to watch and see how it plays out. Boogie Fland, he would be really good. For Indiana, also Indiana going to get a visitor this week. Jordan Rayford is his name. He's a transfer portal prospect from from Air Force, and he is originally from Washington D.C. Scheduled to be on his visit today and uh, yesterday and today, excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday. He's a six foot five combo guard. Rayford set out the 22-23 season, which was his freshman season of college basketball after a shoulder surgery, and he is from Phillips Andover Academy, which is one of the New England prep schools in that uh, NEPSAC conference there in the New England region. So I believe, I'm understanding this right, that Rayford, a graduate or a transfer portal prospect, uh, would be someone that would be a potential immediate Uh, addition to the roster you know we talk about a scholarship being open uh, for this current roster for this current season and it would take something crazy late to happen well perhaps something like this could be something crazy to happen so we'll see how it plays out also Bishop Letson of Floyd Central who had actually committed to Purdue and already was at Purdue on campus working out, uh, getting ready for the upcoming school year and the college baseball season. He was drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers a week or so ago, and he is now signed officially with the Brewers. And he was at American Family Field in Milwaukee on Tuesday. He was selected by the Brewers as the 332nd pick which was in the 11th round of the Major League Baseball draft. Letson went 4-1 this past season with a 2.33 ERA and had 62 strikeouts for Floyd Central. And so he has uh, received a signing bonus, according to the Brewers' website, of 482 thousand six hundred dollars so that's enough to get him to uh, forego time at Purdue and go straight to the brewers and obviously the expectation is he'll be placed in their uh, farm program and work his way up probably from the lowest levels but a talented pitcher just the next guy from southern Indiana that Uh, is going to be a big name in college baseball or maybe for Letson it's going to be minor league baseball but he really will be interesting to watch and see how he develops and see in that first season or two how he can navigate through the minor league system and can he be the latest Drew Ellis or Josh Rogers to be a local guy that were to break through to the major league ranks. We'll see. But uh, Letson is going to give it a go. He is uh, headed to the Brewers organization, and it will be interesting to, interesting to see his location or sometimes potential locations. They get moved around a little bit between some of the different lower levels to start his career with Milwaukee. The Ville TBT team, the basketball tournament, the $1 million prize for the winner. Uh, the regional in Louisville got started yesterday yesterday And I had a pass. I went over, uh, was excited to see it. I went to the Million Dollar Game. You've heard me talk about that. Uh, Last year, that was really exciting. Always been a fan of the TBT. Love uh, the Pro-Am stuff. Love different things like this. And so I had to check it out, especially with it being right in the backyard over at Freedom Hall. And, you know, I know it's not Indiana's home, but, boy, a lot of legendary basketball has been played at Freedom Hall uh, and it just need to be back in that building. It's obviously worn. It's not what it was. It's not a, a preeminent college basketball arena anymore, but it has a lot of history and it's always fun to be in the hallowed uh, Freedom Hall for sure. And it was neat to be back there last night. There were 5,500 plus people there last night for this tbt game it was the ville which is primarily louisville alumni and they were taking on a team of auburn alumni which was uh, they were a good team but uh, the ville got the best of them they dominated a great portion of the game including a big part of the second half of play they would go on to win 91 67 and move on to a second round game at freedom hall coming up on thursday evening I think the crowd will grow. It was 5,500-plus. They were into it. You got the C-A-R-D-S chant going a lot. Uh, There were some high-flying dunks. There were some big three-pointers. Russ Smith had the final eight points of the game, which if you follow the TBT, you know when you hit that target score, that Elam ending time, uh, it's a plus-eight. The margin and he scored all eight points to help his team get the plus eight and go on to finish off the big victory by really a good margin. Uh, but I'll tell you what, last night, The Ville players were great. The alumni, Russ Smith, was good. Peyton Siva, good to see him back out there. He played some, contributed some, but the Ville was very much aided by two non-Louisville players, which they can add anybody they want. You don't have to be strictly an alumni team. You can get guys from anywhere together. Uh, Anybody can put a team together and try to win a million dollars. That's what's so cool about it. Uh, But this Ville team added Chris Dow, who played high school basketball at Louisville Eastern. I always liked Dow's game. He went on to have an outstanding career at Bellarmine and has played overseas. He was fantastic last night for the Ville coming off the bench and ended up getting a lot of minutes. And who was really good? Nick Mayo of Eastern Kentucky. I forget where he's from originally, but he is athletic, long he had some monster dunks including one of the sickest dunks I've seen in person he came right down the right side of the free throw lane and absolutely jammed it on a guy right on a guy and drew the and one as well and hit the free throw Uh, and he is a big addition he's played I think in Japan in a lot of different places, but watching Mayo last night, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. I had to, to Google him and remember that he was from Eastern Kentucky and uh, had played you know, college basketball, but we used to have college open gyms in the summer uh, in New Albany at Scribner, and we would invite only college-level players in to play. Uh, and it was really good. It was it was great basketball, competitive basketball, high-level basketball. And Mayo actually came up a few times. He knew some of the Bellerman guys. Maybe it was Chris Dow. I can't remember exactly, but he was there and and just dunked the heck out of the ball in some of those college open gyms. And it's good to see his game has not changed. But if you're a basketball fan, hopefully you've checked out the TBT. We're going to try to get John Mugar, the founder of the TBT, back on the show here between now and the million dollar game. But it's worth going over. Tickets are reasonably cheap. The only thing about the fairgrounds is the darn parking. You know, it just stinks. It's like 12 bucks a vehicle to park, but it's good entertainment, good basketball. The crowd, I think, is only going to grow between now and Thursday as far as ticket sales go. And I think just the little bit I've seen, I've not, you know, vegged out and watched uh, all the TBT games across the different regionals. But I think this Phil team has a chance, a good chance to win their regional. They're not the number one seed in Louisville; they're the number two seed. Uh, but I think they've got a good chance to win their regional and go to Dayton, Ohio, and it's really. Cool setup there. See if they can play for a million dollars. So we had Coach Lieberman on, uh, who's the coach of the Ville team. He coached it uh, just like he would a group of high school kids. He was into it, coaching every possession. Uh, just a lot of energy in the building last night, and I encourage you to check it out if you can't make it. Uh, the games, I think now Thursday, are on one of the ESPN Network, not just ESPN Plus. So should be an even bigger television audience as well. But it was good basketball, and as I watched the whole thing, I kept thinking about a regional at Freedom Hall with an IU alumni team or at least a predominantly IU alumni team, a Kentucky alumni team, a Louisville alumni team. And some others, can you imagine what the crowds would be like if they got 5,500 just for the Louisville team? I think you could easily get to eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people if you had IU guys, Louisville guys, and Kentucky guys in the same building and probably playing, you know, some of them are doubleheaders and probably playing on the same day. Someone else last night had a great idea. They said, Matt, somebody should put together a TBT team to play for a million dollars that is all graduates of Indiana high school basketball. It doesn't have to matter where they went to college or what level of professional basketball they they play or played. But can you imagine going through picking some of the best high school players, let's just say in the last five or ten years, that are out of college or – playing professional ball overseas. Uh, can you imagine how good of a team you could get if you could get everybody to buy in? if you could get a good maybe a good high school coach or former high school coach to lead them and practice and get organized leading up to the event, that would be really good for the sport of high school hoops in our state. People know across the country how good high school basketball is in Indiana. But if there was a TV team that had a name that represented that and had guys all from the state, I think it could be really cool. So maybe somebody will put that together. That would be awesome. couple other things to mention. Speaking of basketball here in July, I know Trace Jackson Davis is back in Indianapolis. He was playing at the Dizzy Runs Pro-Am last night, which is up in Noblesville, and it's organized by Kyle Guy and his foundation. Of course, Kyle played at Virginia and uh, playing professional ball now himself. He is able to get a lot of the top Indianapolis and Midwest guys together for some great runs there on Tuesday night. So a lot of basketball, a little different this time of year, but a lot of good basketball going on. You just have to seek it out. Also, Bronnie James, who suffered cardiac arrest uh, on Monday, is uh, in stable condition, according to reports. Well, that was a headline that broke just before we came on the air earlier this week. Uh, Very concerning to see that, and also very concerning that you see that kind of stuff more often now, it seems. It's just very, very disheartening, and you hope he recovers. You hope he's able to continue his basketball career at USC, and he's a guy that I think a lot of people are excited to see what he could do in the NBA, but uh, definitely uh, one of those headlines that just jolts you, and let's hope that Bronny Uh, is back to normal and cleared and healthy and okay to continue on in his basketball journeys. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will join us here on this Wednesday show. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball and some other hoops as well with Dustin when he's with us in the next segment. Also, still ahead, we have Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. So stay with us for all that. You're listening to a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, he joins us on Wednesdays and is with us right now on the program. Dustin, I know we talk a lot of basketball. Have you been watching any of the TBT in your downtime?
2: No, not much. Not going to lie, I've been watching more baseball and was uh, did get some Pro-Am uh, last night up at Disney Runs in Noblesville, but I have not been watching a lot of TBT. Seen some of the scores, saw that uh, Kansas' squad did pretty good. I think Kent State's got a halfway decent roster. Uh haven't seen what Purdue's done or Louisville's done. Um, been a little bit behind on that, so I haven't checked that out as much as I probably should.
0: Well, I mentioned this some of the first segment. I was in Louisville last night for the Ville's opening game. Great <laughs> crowd, good basketball, a lot of fun. I can only imagine what let's just say, a Louisville regional at Freedom Hall would look like with a Louisville alumni team, a U.K. alumni team, an Indiana alumni team. Might as well throw a Purdue team in there as well. That could be a lot of fun and help fill a big void, as we discussed last week.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, everything that you can get for basketball in this area. uh, In the summer is great. Obviously, there is is pretty significant. There's not stuff going on, certainly. Uh, If you're looking for, uh, you know, grassroots stuff, you can find it, you know, uh, at least – through parts of the off season and the Aprils, and May's, and I think there's got to be at least something here in July. <laughs> I know the calendar's changing all the time, but no, I mean I think you know, and, and even to, to this point, I mean I saw you know went up the Disney runs last night and Trace was playing, uh, Trace Jackson Davis was playing, Tyrese Halliburton, Obi Thompson were up there, which is the reason why I was there. There were some other IU uh, guys or guys with IU history. You know, Joey Barunk was on Trace's team. Um, you know, Devin Davis was there. But I mean, it was a packed house uh, up in Noblesville for that, and so. Anything that you have that brings some of those former guy's back makes a difference, and obviously I'm just, I just I just pulled up Louisville's squad, or the, the Ville squad, and you're seeing these names that were, you know, real favorites, you know, guys that were part of that 2013 run, 2013 run, uh, you know, Russ Smith, Wayne Blackshear, Peyton Siva, you know, I mean, these guys were like, real Louisville favorites, uh, you know, Luke Hancock, Kyle Kirk, I mean, guys who were really, really important, uh, to some really important and really good Louisville teams, and I, I obviously if, if Indiana and Purdue, the producer has it, and if, if they could get, uh, you know, some more of, uh, of their ex and, and certainly, if Indiana could get involved, uh, you know that would be a significant deal. I mean, because people do still show up and they still care. Uh, you know, in this region, I mean, when you when you win here or, or when you uh, when you're successful, you know, again, just anywhere in this region, the state of Indiana, and the state of Kentucky, um, you know, they remember you uh, forever and always. And even if you don't end up being uh, some kind of NBA superstar, you know, uh, you're still remembered for what you did in college, and they're still happy to see you, uh, and you get a great reception, and that, and that builds. Uh, you know, it, it, fills some arenas, uh, or, or, at least fills some gyms, uh, for people to come check you out and stuff like that. So it would be, I think, a great thing if, if, if TBT, um, you know, gets a, a bit more of a foothold around here. Certainly, again, I think it would be great if IU, uh, alums put a team together. It's great that Louisville's got a squad. It's great that Purdue's a, has a squad. I mean, the, the more teams around here that, they could be a part of that, uh, the better. And like you said, I think mean, if they, if they had a, uh, regional in the area, I think it would do really, really well.
0: Yeah, I couldn't believe the Louisville fans last night. And after their victory, I think between now and the second round game on Wednesday, the crowd will grow. They were just shy of 6,000 people last night at Freedom Hall. And I wouldn't be surprised That's really by, good by crowd. the end of this thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of this thing if they're not able to set a TBT regional record at least. But uh, this stuff's fun, and it helps fill a void. And it sounds like while I was watching some hoops in Louisville, you were at the Dizzy Run Pro-Am, which takes place on Tuesday night's in noblesville that's organized by kyle guy and his foundation i believe and trace jackson davis <laughs> was there last night right
2: yeah he was terrific uh, and they actually beat uh it was him joey Brunk, and uh jeff teague were on a team uh and i know they had some other guys but they ended up beating uh, the team with Tyrese Halliburton, Kyle Guy, and uh, and Obi Toppin they actually won one thirty one one twenty seven. You know, Trace was terrific. Obviously, it's pro am stuff, so I mean, nobody's really playing defense. Uh, you know, there's some. It, it wasn't as bad as the NBA All Star Game as far as uh, you know, just sort of token on ball stuff. Um, there was a little more than that, and, and, and Tyrese in particular pointed out that he had one good defensive stop. Uh, Tyrese doesn't get a whole lot of those, but he's proud of that one. Um, but uh, they. You know, it was, it was it was a lot of fun. And Trace was, you know, Trace is tremendous. I mean, I, I don't know what he had, but if he told me he had forty, I'd believe you. Uh, you know, maybe more than that. Basically, when he was dunk after dunk after dunk after dunk uh, on his side. Again, you know, like different kind of defense. He's certainly not having to play the game that he'll have to play in Golden State. But I thought he did a lot of good things. Uh, and just, I mean, it was a huge crowd to see him too. I mean, I think uh, I uh, brought up our uh, uh, the Herald Times new beat writer uh, Mike Mizellek. I don't know if I'm getting his name right, and I should get names right because mine's tough, but Uh, he came up with me to kind of check out the scene and get a sense of Trace. And he didn't get a chance to talk to him because Trace was just mobbed as as soon as that game was over. And he was signing autographs for I don't know how long. Um, Just a really, really significant uh, group of people were out to see him, but also see Tyrese. Uh, And that was a lot. So a lot of fun uh, thing to see, basically great crowd and everything like that. And, 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 you know, all those guys showed out in some way, shape, or form. And Toppin did some between-the-legs dunks. Jackson Davis had some wild stuff um and you know it was a lot of that you know again not a lot of defense you know not your uh, most fundamentally sound basketball but uh for what you see at programs in the summer it was pretty exciting
0: it looks like according to your story i'm reading from last night the trace was as expected overwhelmed by fans spent a lot of time talking with fans and then needed some help from security to get to the locker room so he could get out of there
2: yeah, he did. I mean, I don't even know if there was a locker room, but just getting out of the building. I mean, it, 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 they they needed cops for all of those guys because it was going to be all day. I mean, as soon as the game ended, uh, you know, we we were fortunate we had we had a Pacers uh, uh, Pioneers and Kody Myers really came through for us. And we got two minutes with, uh, with Obi and Tyrese, but I mean, Trace was just instantly uh, as soon as he sort of walked away from the huddle. I mean, he was just formed. I mean, there was just this. This mob just lined up uh, to start getting autographs and taking pictures and all that. And he was just sort of stuck against the wall for probably 15, 20 minutes uh, after the game was over. And was just like, oh, guy, I never got to talk to him. Um, and yeah, he had to be squirted away by police because it was just, it was going to be all day. Um, and it was just a huge crowd of people. Um, and so, I mean, obviously nobody got rowdy or anything like that. You know, no, no police, uh, you know, uh, resistance, I guess, if you will. Uh, was required in any way, but all the same, I mean, if he, he was going to be there all day. If somebody, uh, somebody in security gear didn't come up and say, "This guy's got to move."
0: Wow, good stuff! Uh, great to see those guys signing autographs and doing those things. And it sounds like that Indianapolis event is one to check out here this month as well. Talking with Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin is the Pacers beat writer, but uh, still with us to talk IU basketball. College hoops and more on Wednesdays. Dustin, let's get into some IU stuff. The full team is now on campus. Anthony Walker finally got his commitments done down in Miami and arrived earlier this week. And so the team is truly in offseason mode, going through lots of workouts and training with Cliff Marshall behind the scenes stuff for sure. Would love to be a fly on the wall and see some of the games. I'm sure they're competitive as those guys work for minutes and positioning on the team for this upcoming season. Is there a weakness that you think of when you look at this new and remade IU roster for the upcoming season? A glaring area where you think that uh, Indiana needs to shore up to have success in the Big Ten?
2: Well, obviously, the first thing that stands out is they're just so new. You know, that there's just such a new group that. Uh, hasn't played together, and so you kind of don't know what they look like as a collective. I mean, you obviously look at the roster and, and you see, certainly you see a lot of good size uh, you know that you know. You look at Kell el obviously with a ton of size and athleticism in the middle. Uh, you've got guys with real you know power forward size. I mean, obviously Peyton Sparks can play uh, the five. I, mean, I I don't know what he you know is at the four, but Mackenzie Mbaklo obviously has uh, the body for that and in what the modern day four is. So does Anthony Walker. Uh, you know, you've certainly got real guards. Obviously, an experienced point guard in Xavier Johnson. Uh, you know, certainly you know Malika Renew You add to that group with the four and the five. You know, Caleb Banks, a bigger wing. Uh, you know, CJ. Gunn, uh, legit guard, too. Trey Galloway, certainly, with being the most experienced guy. You know, bringing Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups in. You know, on paper, there's nothing that stands out to you and says, no, you know, you're, you're blatantly missing something here. But, I mean, the biggest thing is you're just missing uh, the experience of guys having played together and having a sense of what their roles are uh, with a group like each other. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it, like... Johnson and Galloway have certainly had experience and Renew has had some, um, but after that, almost everybody else is going to be in a new position or something elevated uh, to what they're used to having. Um, you know, and obviously, in you know comes into the college game, where in a different place, Sparks is in a different place. Um, everything is going to take uh, time as far as just getting used to. I mean, I, like... You know, I don't necessarily look at it and say, you know, that's a national championship caliber roster, national championship caliber talent. Um, you know, so things are going to stand out in terms of, you know, where they have shortcomings. Obviously, you know, even though they shot it a lot better by percentage last year, they're not necessarily a high volume, you know, three point shooting team, or at least they're not established as such. Um, and so, you know, again, just a lot of guys have to establish who they are. I mean, it's, it's the biggest thing about this team is the youth. That's the thing that it's missing is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's young. And more to the point, it's inexperienced together. Even the guys that have been around haven't been with this group together and need to figure each other out again. Even David Johnson, who's going into a six year college, uh, is he you know, has to learn a whole new group of guys, uh, a whole new group of people, um, you know with trace gone, that was sort of his foundational piece, you know, certainly race as well. Um, and you know now he's got an entirely new group that he has to figure out where they want the ball, uh, how the ball needs to be distributed, who you need to get shots, how they need to be set up. You know, all that sort of thing. Everything is just going to be a totally new, you know, learning process for these guys. Um, it's just, just, you know, figuring out who are going to be your scorers, who are going to be the guys you go to uh, in key situations. You know, what can some of these guys do against uh, Big Ten level talent? Is Peyton Sparks going to be as effective uh, as he was at Ball State? You know, what, like, is Keller Ware going to take a leap? Is he going to be the guy you have to focus on? How ready is Mboko going to be on day one? Um, you know, all of those things are still to be answered. I mean, really, I kind of feel like the only thing you know. Um, is what Trey Galloway's going to be. You know, at this point, you've seen Trey Galloway enough to know this is who he is. Certainly a better shooter than he used to be, but you know he's going to defend, you know he's going to bring energy, you know he's going to attack. Um and, and Jonathan, you generally know, but again, he's he, as a point guard, um, he has to reinvent himself every time he has a new roster uh, to figure out, you know, what's the best way for him to function as a guy leading the offense. So, you know, everybody's in a little bit of a start-over mode, so I think that's what stands out is just, how do all these pieces fit together, and, and what do these pieces look like when you put them on a Big Ten stage as opposed to where they were before?
0: Talking with Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, you know another thing to watch for this season, and this is a Mike Woodson thing and also a recruiting thing as well, but given Coach Woodson's NBA background, of course Trace and Jalen to the NBA this past offseason, and I saw a 2024 mock draft the other day that had both McKenzie and Baco and Kellel Ware projected to maybe go in the first round of the 2024 mm-hmm. draft I know Indiana fans hate losing those guys and you want to see some consistency and some continuity of multiple year players but if Woodson puts two more in the first round of the NBA draft next year after Trace and Jalen Uh, plus his NBA background, I think that really bodes well for where this Indiana program is headed, especially when it comes to recruiting guys that want to get to the NBA.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, again, like Mike Woodson's number one sales pitch, and so he has to come through on that. I mean, I I think to that criticism about having guys to stick around, I mean, I do think that that it's important for, you know, again, this to be sort of a multi-pronged effort. Uh, And and so I, I... in terms of the long-term success of IU under Woodson, I, 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 if I'm an IU fan, I do want to see some success in other layers, um, of recruiting. But, you know, it's important that you get elite talent, you know, and I think that's, that's the thing that he's definitely proved that he can, uh, is get elite level talent nationwide, um, and, and get players from wherever, whether they are, uh, you know, whether they are transfers or whether they are freshman recruits. I mean, he's capable of getting guys that are NBA level talent and, and you're going to have to, you're going to need that if you're going to win at a high level. Um, but you do, I think, also um, need to be able to get guys that are more uh, your base. And, you know, Trey Galloway is that type of player, and obviously he comes, uh, you know, was recruited by Archie Miller. But You're, you're going to need some Trey Galloway, um, and, I, and I do think that's important. I don't think that's something that should be forgotten. Um, you know, they're going to have to get some guys that might not be, you know, top 10 players, top 20 players, top 30, you know, 40, even 50 players. you got to get some guys that are in, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 100s that are going to stick around uh, and that are going to be good players for you that might start their first year, first year off the bench but contribute like Galloway did um, and become a starter when you're a sophomore or a junior and be a guy that you can rely on um, for four and, in some case five years, obviously, where the case may be for some of these guys that still have uh, you know, COVID years left. Um, I, I think Mike Wilson does have to prove if he's going to win long-term that he needs those guys. But um, you know, it's it's kind of more important just to, just to be able to prove the top-level talent uh, that you can, you can help them, uh, that, that there's a reason to come play there. And so, and that ultimately does lead to some of those other four year guys coming to see you as well. Uh, you know, cause it, it, still comes down to, can you make me better? Uh, whether that means you make me an NBA player or you make me, uh, a four, you know, a, a, a pro somewhere else, um, you know, to just continue, you know, make me a better basketball player, continue my career, uh, some way that I could get paid playing basketball, whether it's in the United States or whether it's overseas. Um, and so, you know, that's it, still the most important case you've got to be able to make is I can take you from here to there and the, the ability to take a Huchifino in a year and get you from there to there to take Trace Jackson Davis. Um, and you know, you, you can obviously argue in terms of how much of that is Woodson did you know, uh, was that he, was he just kind of along that track already one way or another, you know, if Trace will swear by him, then it works, you know, that, then that, that helps your argument. Uh, regardless of whether you know like wh- how much credit he deserves to trace is willing to give it to him um then it still ultimately has the same effect in terms of convincing uh young players to go there so in that it's again it's the most important argument for him to make because he is an nba guy you know it's, he's been there he's you know the, the whole point is for him to be able to say hey i've been at the, the, the highest levels i've seen the highest level of player i know what it takes I can get you from where you are to there. If you can make that case, that gets you players. And so he's been able to do a great job making that case so far. And the more guys make the leap, uh, the ultimately better off, uh, you know, they are again. It, sometimes if you can steal an extra year from somebody, that's great, um, from time to time. Um, but you know, you don't want to be holding guys back and certainly. Portiafino was ready to go. Uh, you know, certainly was. There was just no need. There, there was nothing he was going to get out of a second year uh, as far as his pro- professional potential uh, was concerned, or at least not much. And, you know, for, he's a top-17 pick, goes to the Lakers. I think he's going to be an effective player coming off the bench for that group, and that's certainly going to be something that Mike Woodson's going to be able to point to, really in perpetuity, uh, and say this is the type of player that I can produce here. And you know, if, if you're a point guard and you want to come play for me, this is what you can expect to become, um, or some idea of what you can expect to become. So, you know, again, that's that's just the biggest thing, the, the most important thing. I think he's done is setting him, is set himself up to be able to make that case and have credibility behind it.
0: All right, uh, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. Always good insight from Dustin. Dustin, thank you. I hope you get a little downtime here uh, in this summer before you get back at it covering the Pacers on, a, it seems like, every mm-hmm. hour basis, but uh, we appreciate your time.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's getting, it is getting a little bit quiet around here, and I'm not opposed to that, so I will uh, I will <laughs> take these next couple months to to take it a little bit easy. So, all right, but I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on as always.
0: Absolutely. Dustin Dopierak with us Wednesdays on the program Thor- uh, Thornton's text line my son is a senior on the NA basketball team and he has not heard anything on the coach have you heard anything I haven't specifically but I gotta believe that they're getting really close to some sort of announcement obviously school begins soon just been tough coach Teagle hired uh, did not work out for various reasons uh, I know he needed to move closer to uh, his home and his mother uh, then second round of interviews just some things there so uh, interesting and definitely a late go of it for sure but I gotta believe that we'll all hear something on the next New Albany basketball coach here very soon just my gut feeling we'll head to a commercial break we're back to talk local sports with Josh Cook sports editor of the News and Tribune stay with us this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison
1: In the, in the majors or minors, so we, we're going to add him to the list. Uh, you know, it's, it's great for him. He got a he got a nice uh, signing bonus. It's, it looked like so. Uh, you know, good for him. I assume he'll he'll get started right away and and uh, you know pitch uh, pitch in one of their rookie leagues or, or whatever it is nowadays. And uh, you know get get going pretty soon. Uh, so that's that was great to see. Congrats to him. You know, kid just just graduated a couple you know a couple months ago. Now he's now he's uh, signed a major league contract and 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 uh, you know playing going to play pro ball so that's that's great to see uh, you know just a couple months ago he was pitching for Floyd and now he's going to be pitching uh, in the Brewers organization so quick uh, it happens quickly but it, uh, you know great for him you know he was kind of a you know talking to him before he he kind of uh, kind of a late bloomer uh, baseball wise and, and pitching wise so, but uh, you know he's Six three, you know, maybe six four, and he's got he's a, he's a lanky kid, so he's got a lot of uh, you know a lot of room to grow. So we'll see what the, what the, what the Brewers can do with him, and uh, you know, hopefully, it works out well for him.
0: I guess now that he's officially signed, the Brewers have announced he awaits his assignment for what's next. I assume he'll go to the farm system and probably work his way or attempt to work his way up through the system.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would I would think so too. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know if it's still Florida first or, or what, but you know that w- that would be my guess. Uh, he'll he'll start in, in rookie ball and uh, you know hopefully move up quickly.
0: All right, another local headline to get to is the Indiana Little League State Championship game last night. Twelve-year-old baseball, major division. It's the group that goes all the way to Williamsport. Pennsylvania eventually, and unfortunately for Highlander Youth Recreation out of Floyd's Knobs in Georgetown, they came up just short to Bedford Little League. It was a great game. I think it was a 3-2 final score with Bedford winning, but another great summer by HYR, and Josh, they were so close to a state championship last night at Jeffersonville.
1: Yeah, took, had the early lead, had, had two runs in the third, but then Bedford came, came right back and got three in the fourth, so... Yeah, it was it was, a, it was a very good game. You know, both teams very good uh, for you know that age, definitely. So it was, you know, Hyr has, has never won a state title at that at that level. So you know they were trying for their first one and uh, almost got it. But you know, I, I, I assume they'll they have some shots here in uh, in the coming years and hopefully they can get that first one. But yeah, it was uh, that was. That one last night, and then uh, the Silver Creek 10U won won the state championship. So we had, I think that pretty much finishes it up for little league. But uh, um, yeah, Silver Creek 10U and New Albany 11U for the uh, for the baseball both won state titles. So congrats to them, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what they can do. Maybe maybe New Albany can uh, can can make it next year in the 12U and. In Silver Creek, in in a couple of years, but yeah, we've had a lot of success recently. You know, it was just, um, it was just a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Silver Creek won the, won the state title in Little League, and then uh, two kids from, or several kids from that team, but but uh, two of them were starters: Preston Burton and Spencer Durham, both started on the Silver Creek uh, state championship team, uh, the recent one that won the state title. So, you know, we see these kids. Uh, uh, grow up and uh, you know help help the high school teams to to great success. So uh, hopefully we'll see some of these kids uh, continue on uh, at, at Fort Central at New Albany at uh, Silver Creek Providence wherever they go. So, so that's always neat to see as they as they grow up and uh, you know I, uh, that's happened before with Tucker Bivin and all those kids too. But you know it's great to see uh, stuff like that happen. You know you get to see them from a young age and then they grow up and. Uh, you know still
0: continue to have success so hopefully these kids can uh, can too you know it's neat though 10u as you mentioned minor division silver creek new albany wins the 11 year old state championship hyr comes up just short to a bedford team who a lot of those kids will see down the line playing for bedford north lawrence and area schools there uh, it it's just strong uh, how good this district has been and for years we've covered so many of these teams that have went on to win and go to state championships and go to the Great Lakes Regional. Uh, It's just amazing to me how one small area of the state year after year can sometime win every level that's out there as far as the state competition. So another good summer overall for District 5. I know HYR probably Disappointed in their finish, but still an outstanding run for them and good representation overall for Little League Baseball here in Southern Indiana. Josh, another topic I want to bring up, high school football just around the corner. We are about three weeks away from Friday Night Lights. Floyd Central, a team that I'm curious about under Coach Bragg, who enters his sixth year this season. But instead of opening with predominant Louisville power male, a public school power in 6A football in Kentucky... Now on the Floyd Central schedule, they've got another Louisville power in St. X. Uh, Floyd Central does not shy away from taking on all comers, but my goodness, what a way to start the year. They go from male in previous seasons to power St. X this year.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, uh, it was very interesting to see, but uh, yeah, uh, like you said, they don't they don't shy away from competition. Uh, Coach Bragg likes to open up with uh, with a tough a tough foe to kind of you know see where his team stacks up, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe maybe next year they'll start with uh, Trinity or, or uh, you know Cincinnati Molar maybe. Uh, actually, they played one of those Cincinnati <laughs> schools a couple of years ago, so uh, but, so yeah, they don't they don't back away from anybody. But yeah, that's it, definitely definitely one to watch uh, uh, on that first first night of high school football season. That'll be a, that'll be an interesting one. I expect uh, as you said, I expect Floyd Central to be to be improved, and so we'll see uh, We'll see what they can do against, uh, you know, a powerhouse usually in, in Louisville.
0: Now, what's our countdown? You've been doing a good job keeping everybody updated with how many days away we are from the start of the season with some storylines. How close are we? I know about three weeks or so.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say we're, uh, I think it's 17. Uh, it can't be 17. It would be like 20, 24, I guess, yeah. 24 days to the to the start of the high school football season. So, yeah, I'm 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 hoping to to go out and maybe go to some go to some uh, workouts and practices this week and uh, and see how see how some of the teams are looking. Uh, um, you know, I just get over to Silver Creek and see its new uh, see its new setup, its new field, uh, and just its whole uh, you know all of its Lake fields for that matter. But uh, you know, the football field is is, is going to be Brand spanking new, when they open the open the season against Charlestown, So that's, that'll be a big game, you know. Obviously, uh, you know it should be a, it should be a huge crowd, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it will be. Hopefully, the weather will be uh, weather will be good, and uh, you know it'll it'll be a nice uh, nice turnout.
0: Absolutely, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Read his work at newsandtribune.com/sports, and of course in the print edition of the daily paper as well. Josh, thanks for the chat today.
1: Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll have that uh, New Albany basketball coach maybe by Monday night. We'll see.
0: Sounds good. That uh, could be the situation, New Albany, we think, in the final stages of hiring a basketball coach for the upcoming season. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday program. We will be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. Alex Bozic, inside the hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, always our staple guest on Thursday, so join us for that. And have a great Wednesday. Talk tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.